We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. How I feel about it, so I'm going to tell you, by the time you determine how you feel, I'm going to be done. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Go ahead and slide all the way up underneath the table like you're going to eat. And then lean in a little bit, you know, to to your plate. Amen. And we're going to get into it. Amen. I love you. You're the very best. I mean that. I'm very excited about 2024 and uh, some things that are going to happen here and some people that we're going to get to see some new talent, some fresh talent at work and some of our uh, departments and we'll see some things done that we have not seen in the last 13 plus years at least and uh, things that are well needed it's not enough to just have good church that's a fact and uh, so there will be some other things happening you just pray about those meetings have already been happening and God is good all the time amen but right now let's just focus right here is everybody pulled up to the table you leaning in All right, guard your plate. John 8 and 31. John 8 and 31. Give you just a few moments. A few people still use a paperback book. And uh, I do, but I also use my electronic version. It's just quicker for me to get to things. And I can make the text as big as I want it. Man, I get text messages sometimes and they just say, hello, Brother Rusty, and I got to change the page. (laughs) Yeah, amen. John 8 and 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Y'all, that right there is rich. It's very deep and very challenging too though. Jesus said to those believers, well now we know that his word is for all men. All right? And so when the Jews wouldn't accept him, he said somebody will and he opened the plan up to us Gentiles. So if you were reading a modern Bible, it would just say Jesus said to the believers. Anybody that believed, if that was an absolute modern today written because we know that it is written good for teaching and the edification of the church to all generations and and such. That's not a quote, but it's real close. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believe, the believers on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free let me just ask right here are there any believers of the word in here tonight if you believe the word and you've been in the word there's a promise I'm going to share it with you I want to preach just for a little while on this thought free Free. F-R-E. Everybody likes free. Buy one, get one. Free. 
free. What a word. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. We thank you for every person in this place tonight, those that are watching and listening from somewhere else, those that are sick, we ask you to touch them, those that are traveling, keep them safe, those that are working, let them be paid over double, triple time, just touch them in whatever they're doing, and then bless us tonight, touch our classes that are out, and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory, in Jesus' matchless name we pray, and come on, let's just thank him one more time for his goodness. Come on, if you believe that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you, you may be seated. I wish I could tell you how many times today, just in reading a few verses of Scripture, just a few little passages, that one particular recent event in my life just, uh, caused me to cry, just tears. And uh, they weren't really tears of joy or tears of sadness or tears. Uh, it was just something, just the Spirit of the Lord welled up inside of me and just said, what a God thing. Just, just how awesome. It's not a great story. It's not a bad story. But, but in the middle of it all and in, in the fabric of the story is, is the Spirit of the Lord. And that's enough for me. But... Here's what he said, and I'm going to share some of that with you in a little bit. He said, if ye continue in my word, if, it's kind of like that passage that said, if my people which are called by my name, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. There's a challenge here. First of all, there is a belief. The Lord believes that they're already in his word. Because you can't continue in something you're not in. So he's trusting, he's, he, he's believing, he's declaring, and he knows that if they're in his word, and uh, he says, if you'll continue, then are ye my disciples indeed. And remember that first verse said, to, it was about, he was speaking to those that believed. And So I just want to pause long enough to say this. I wish I had known the meaning of this verse uh, as well as I do now before our Who is Jesus series. And uh, I can promise you if I can get it in there in the next day or two before it slips my mind, uh, next year when that series comes around about the oneness of the Godhead, this will be in it. And this is a tremendous, uh, tremendous statement because here's what, he, here's what the Lord says. He says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples? And so I had to know what Jesus meant right here when he said my word. If you continue in my word, I have to understand the setting right here. He's just been on the scene for a little while working miracles now. Just a, a little short amount of time here. This is, this is uh, in, the, in the middle of his uh, ministry. And so it's just, things are just now really kind of starting to take off publicly. And so Jesus uh, makes a statement here and so I had to know what the little phrase my word means and it means the living words of the man Christ Jesus I had assumed that and the words of the first or Old Testament words Jesus just right here claimed the whole book is his word <laughs> I don't know what that does for some of y'all but I want to tell you what 
when he says my word, and he's talking about all the way back to Genesis, that just reaffirms what I already know. His word is from the very beginning. I like it. And so here's what he's telling them. Whatever the word is, whatever, uh, whatever it is, if you'll continue in that, continue doing right, you can start at Genesis. I've always said I could take an atheist. If they believe Genesis 1 and 1, in two hours I could lead them to salvation. Have no doubt. If you believe Genesis 1 and 1, there's enough key scriptures and prophecies and, and things that happen in a couple of hours. If you're really looking for something, we can be getting in the water in two hours. From atheist to baptized, if your heart's open. Amen. I believe that because I believe the word of the Lord. And I believe it lays out a plan of perfection to us right to the cross and, and through the transfiguration and the Holy Ghost being poured out and then to the rapture. What a word. Jesus claims all of these words for himself. So Jesus said to his believers, if you will continue in the words I have spoken and will speak, because he's also talking about in the flesh, the, the living uh, man, God, Christ Jesus, uh, he says, then, then, when, then, then when? If you continue in my word, that's, that's the, the, the what is the word and, and the when is the continue. Just go forward in my word. Then are you disciples indeed. The word indeed right here means most certainly. It's without question. So what's he saying? If you'll continue in the way of the word, you will indeed be one of my disciples. You can't go wrong. You can't fail. You can't falter if you stay in the word of God. You talk to people that, that slide a little bit and you say, well, what happened? Now that you've made a recognition and an admission of where you're at and what's going on in your life, what happened? Two things happened. I quit praying I quit reading. When you quit reading and when you quit praying, the strength is not there. The understanding's not there. The affirmation's not there. You, you can't have power and not know what you're touching. You can't, you can't have authority without it being in you. You can't pray for the sick and they be healed if you don't have anything to pray with. There's something about the word and there's something about the conversation that matters. And he says, you will, if you'll continue, you will be my disciples. So the Lord said to the believers in that setting, they were Jewish believers. But he's saying to the believers today, if you will continue in my word, you will indeed, without question, you will be one of my disciples. Oh, I like it. So Jesus said that. Just, just follow me. That's good stuff right there. But there's better still coming. I like this. Verse 32 and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, I, I, I'm just needing to define a couple of things here because it's going to matter big to us. The word know here, I've shared this exact same definition. I didn't think it had the same meaning in the New Testament until today. But uh, Psalm 76 and 1 has this same meaning. But the word know right here is a, a Jewish idiom for physical and spiritual connection between a man and a woman after they're married to know one another. All right, so that, that has a meaning. And that's what this is talking about right here. Remember, we're in a marriage covenant. We're the bride of Christ. He's the groom. We're the bride. When his spirit lives in us and we dwell in him, we have an intimate knowledge of one another. Oh, 
This could get real good. Watch this. So it means just beyond recognition. It doesn't mean, yeah, I know that guy, but, but uh, you know, that, that's my husband. I know them. Trust me. I know, I know Jesus. He lives inside of me. He knows my faults. He, he knows my, my hang-ups. He knows what's good and what's bad. And then here's what he says. And ye shall know the truth, that last statement, and the truth shall make you free. Make you free. There are several uh, incredible meanings. It means to be set free, to be made again and be free. But here's the, here's the main meaning to that statement right here. To clear up the thoughts that hold you in mental slavery. Oh, and I'm going to talk to some people tonight that are in mental slavery. All right? Because there's a lot of people that call themselves saved, that call themselves disciples or apostles or followers or believers, preachers, teachers, uh, whatever they may be, uh, good saints that... Every single day, and I know a little about this, and someday I'll testify about all of it, but I know a little bit about mental slavery. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I get it. I understand. There, there are some things that can wall us off and cage us up sometimes, and the enemy uses that against us. But here is what the Lord is saying to the believers that day. What will I be made free of? What will my mind be created again of? He said, the truth will always make you again free. Free from what? Free from the lie. The truth will free you from the lie. What's the lie? The lie is you're a sinner. You've done wrong. You've made poor decisions. And because of that, you're bound for a devil's hell. But he said, if you'll stay in my word, I promise you, you'll end up free from the idea that you've been in trouble, you are in trouble, and you're going to remain in trouble. Come on. Hell will tell you you'll revert back to your old ways within a year. But the truth says it'll never happen. Hell says you're a failure. Truth says you're a success. Hell says you're waiting to come apart. Truth says I'm putting you together now. Come on. There's some people in this place. I, I feel it on this hangover Wednesday. I feel it that some folks are bound to the thoughts of their mind and bound and the enemy tells you every single day who you are, what you are, where you're going, reminds you of where you have been. But the Lord is saying if you'll continue in my word, my truth will dominate that lie and my remaking will dominate that old Watch this. 33, they answered him. Watch what they say. We be Abraham's seed. We're never in bondage to any man. See, they come after the times. They've had 400 years of silence now. They hadn't gone against the word of God because there hadn't been any word of God. Hadn't gone against any recent prophecies because there hadn't been any. And so they're a free people. They're a young people at this point. They don't know what it's like to be in Egypt. They don't know what it's like to be surrounded by enemies all the time. It's a new world. It's a new generation of people. And so they're sitting here in this high place and, and they challenge Jesus with this. We're Abraham's seed. 
We're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Don't you understand? We've never been bound. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Here's what Jesus is saying. You may not have ever experienced a physical bondage. You may not be of the generation of slavery, but there's still been a curse of the second man or the first man rather that's been put on your mind and you wake up every day letting the situations of your health keep you enslaved. The situation of your finance keep you enslaved. Of your marriage, of your children, of your workplace, of every situation. You can't get your mind off of it. You can't get any rest. You can't sleep when you sleep you dream bad dreams you're in slavery to a lie you'll never be anything you were born into a family of losers you're a loser you'll reproduce losers Woo. but Jesus is telling them oh I know y'all don't understand it's why I'm, that's why I'm referring to this y'all have never been bound you don't understand what bondage is the spirit dealt with that in the Old Testament but standing here in the flesh he said I'm telling you now that if you want to be free if you want to be made new again you got to get in my word and you got to believe the truth because the truth will dominate a lie and forgiveness will dominate the sin Watch this. He would say, I, I agree to that, but your generation's never known slavery as you see it. But you're bound in your heart. You're bound in your mind. You're bound in your soul. And it's time to know the truth about yourself. Let me make you free. Ooh. It's time that some saints of God, it's time some people that are watching this and listening to this, whether it's live or later, somebody needs to understand what I'm saying on this Wednesday evening to this beautiful congregation in this place tonight. You need to know about the truth about you. See, you've looked in the mirror long enough. You have uh, inner struggles and inner battles and, and you've battled your heart and you've battled things on your own and you've tried to figure it all out. And You look at where you've been and where you came from and where it appears that you're going and, and it just doesn't look good and, and you can just see through just a little bit of light through the bars that would hold you down and you'd never step out because you don't have the faith of succeeding. You'd never start because you don't have faith for completion and the Lord saying if you just get in the word and talk to me about it I will make you a new creature one brand new that's not bound by the old man that's not bound by what the enemy says or what people say or what the report card says too many believers running around with their head down many think they're failing when the fact is you're killing it you're doing it and you don't see it. Oh, I know. Many people have struggles. Given up even some on life itself. And would, except for fear, give up on life itself any and every day. But not you. 
every day you get up and you say, I don't understand it all, but I'm going to keep living it. Oh, hell hates these kind of people. You know, some folks, boy, they're on, they're, as long as they can shout, as long as they can dance, as long as their hair's still wet from the baptistry and, and their cheeks are still wet from the altar where they've been praying through and, and they can still feel, feel Holy Ghost fire trickling through their veins, they're all right. But as soon as they get out there and hit that world head on and hell smacks them a time or two, they start questioning themselves. The Lord said, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a people that'll get in this word and they'll believe that they are what I see say they are and they can do what I say they can do uh, what's this I, I found a few little things Romans 8 and 37 nay in all these things we are more than conquerors you know where you'll find that right here through him that loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principality nor power nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you get in the word, you'll realize nothing can separate you no matter how far you've fallen, what you said, what your future looks like. Jesus Christ still has a loving hand on you. You ought to stand and praise him right now. He knows where you'll be tomorrow. He's already there waiting. If you'd have raised your children different, you'd done all you knew to do at the time. If you'd have said something different, you would, if you'd have done different, you'd have done different. So many people live in bondage and slavery of the mind when your generation should never know that. What else did I find? Deuteronomy 28 and 13. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and do them all. It's the exact same thing Jesus said. You want to be the head of the company and not the tail of the company? Get in the word. You want to be a lender and not a borrower? Get in the word. You want to be the first and not the last? Get in the word. You want to be the first to the drinking fountain? Be the... Woo! Somebody get in the word. Don't be last. Don't follow everybody else. Just go and let God. He spoke this. These words right here to a man. I started trying to count them. At six, I think I stopped. Matthew 16 and 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. You're a rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's talking to Simon. Named him Peter right there. Said, you're something more. You used to be like water, like air. I couldn't, I couldn't depend on you. Shifty like sand. And 
deny me three times and, and, and tell me to hush and try to get me to move back and, and, and try to take the spotlight when it wasn't your time and argue and debate over who's going to lead the church and who's going to do what. All I'm telling you is if you'll get in the Word and stay in the Word and stay with me, that at the end of the day, you will not be a slavery to your own thoughts. You'll not be a slavery to your own failures, to your own past, and to what you see in your own future. people sitting on our pews right now tonight struggling struggling you know some are not here tonight because they're struggling it's not that they're struggling really to live for God it's that they're struggling hell has them feeling like they're unworthy you know it's one of the greatest tricks in the book I mean I tried it a few times and never was that good of a liar This little old girl that I thought wasn't all that pretty. And I just couldn't stand to break her heart in the fifth grade. I mean, you know, after all, I mean, I had left the He-Man Woman Haters Club. You know, and was old enough to now uh, to recognize that. Sup, girl. Oh, you don't know nothing about that. And so, but these, these little girls, will you be my boyfriend, yes or no? Yes. And then go, oh, my God, what am I done? I just didn't want to hurt her feelings. So here's the best lie I can come up with. Darling, you're too good for me. Lord, let her bite for that. You know, and too many times the enemy will come to us and say the church is too good for you. He'll convince you God's too good for you. When God's saying, I could have said that forever. But I loved you so much. You were worth dying for. Hear me. Oh, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm, the only time you're never good enough is when, you, when you're not walking. Because then you're not even being the best you can be right now. The only time you're not good enough is when you say, nah, I don't have time for that. You, you know how much talent is in this church? I have to tell you, in the best church in the world, I stay frustrated. Best church in the world. I can't think of one right now that I'd rather go pastor in. But there is so much talent in this church that don't have time. There's so much talent. That, that just, well, I, I just don't know. I wasn't brought up that way. And so, and it's like, just, just, we'll rally behind you. If you fail, I'll take it. Just use what you got. And then the preacher appoints somebody to do something that hadn't been around a long time, don't have just everything worked out just right. And the old saints that didn't have time to do nothing, the first ones to cry. You should have got somebody more holy. No, you should have got up and done it. I wouldn't have had to appoint somebody brand new to the fight. Well, that's a good change in your message there. Because do you do things for the good and maybe not have everything right or do you do, 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 do nothing? Wait till everybody's right, we'll all be dead. Amen. Say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'm going to close 
with this right here. You don't want to say it. You don't want to admit it. You're doing it. You're doing it. Sister, Sister Betty, can I preach about you for a minute? Can I preach to you? Every time you think of Brother Earl, something wells up, that, that painful mess that, that, that you just would like to see him and you'd like to just hear his voice one more time. A widow sitting in the church was at the services between his death and the funeral. And hell saying, you ain't got no reason to be there. What are you thankful about? What can you possibly go and praise the Lord about? You know what she's doing? She's walking out what she believes. There's been a lot of there's widows and widowers in this place. And the enemy tells you every day, the Lord let you down. He failed you. Why did it have to be this way? I don't know why it had to be that way. And you've got every right in the world to ask him as soon as you get there. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You walked alone. Your children didn't follow you. Your husband didn't follow you. Your wife didn't follow you. You're a widow. You're a widower. What are you doing? You've lost someone so dear. Let me tell you what you're doing. You're showing the rest of us what to do when we have to cross that same bridge. You're beating this thing. You're doing it. You're winning at life. No matter how you feel, you're a worshiper. You're here. You're present. So you failed the Lord, what are you supposed to do? No, you're not supposed to stay home and cry in fear and moan about your mistake. You're supposed to show up and try again. Teach somebody else if they failed how to get up. You're doing it. You're an inspiration to everybody else. You're making, well, I just keep on. It's the same old trap. It's the same old deal. Somebody hear me right now. Pay very close attention. I want to just share a story. No place, no name. This is as real and as recent as it gets whenever you're ready, sister. I'm, I'm good. Missy and I were going out to get some things for the kids and the grandkids and we're not smart shoppers. You know, when we do Christmas, we don't shop throughout the year. and We don't start in November and all that jazz. We, we wait until the 23rd. And then we go, oh, it's here. And then when we get to whatever event we're going to, we're dragging. You know, just dragging. One of those days leading up somewhere, 22nd, 23rd, maybe 21st at very best. I had to go back and look to see what day it was. We walked into one of the new restaurants out on 20. I've, I've made my mind up. Many of you have given us gift cards, and I thank you so much. It's so kind. You don't realize what it does for outreach, though. And I know you've done it because you love us, and you don't know how how awesome that feels to be loved but we go in these places and we make friends and we walk in and uh, the people at one place will say Melissa she don't go by that she's, she's 
she's messy, but it's Melissa officially. And they, they, they know her by name. And they're so kind and quick to take care of us. And people look around like, they must have stock in this place. We don't. We've got an investment of kindness in these places. We've been all, all, all out there. I mean, we know people. Waiters and waitresses come shake our hand, hug our neck at Olive Garden. We ain't been very many times since they've been open. It, it happens at every restaurant. It's intentional. That's the reason I don't take people to eat that I know is going to fuss if something's wrong. Because I've got an investment there. You're not going to kill the harvest. I'm working on it. You know, we'll go to McDonald's. <laughs> Drive through. And, uh, but we were at one of these new restaurants. Hadn't been open, but just a few days. And it just so happens that the Lord had put us in a place where we'd met this young lady and, I, and she had a, just a sweet, sweet spirit. I, I, I wish Missy was in here. I know she carried the baby out, but I, I wish she was in here right now. But as soon as she walked off, my first words were, she's winnable. She's winnable. We're going to see that happen. And we asked her how life was going, and she told us everything was great. And she was working extra shifts, going to college, and she appeared to probably be late 20s, maybe 30 years old. And she was going to college, and uh, uh, she's going to be a, I don't remember what, I think a psychologist, and uh, or that's what her degree was going to be in, whatever. And we talked to her. And so when we got ready to leave, she said, hey, hey, hey. Thank y'all so much for talking to me. And just, and a genuine smile came on her face. I thought she was going to cry. And she said, when y'all come back in, ask for me, please. We said, sure. So we intentionally went back in that restaurant. And I asked for her uh, by name. And, and they said, uh, yeah, she's working. We'll, we'll get you in her seat, in her setting. I said, okay, thanks. And, we waited and we waited and we waited and waited a good long time. And finally the lady came up and she said, we can get you in her section. But if we do that, it's going to probably be another 20, 25 minutes. And I said, hey, we're a whole year behind at Christmas. We, we got to go. And maybe we'll just get to see her. And she said, well, there's a table ready for you right now next to a table she's waiting on. I said, awesome. We'll just get to speak to her. That's all. It's fine. And so sure enough, she saw us and come and greeted us and remembered our names. And, you know, when you're serving that many people, remember somebody's name, that's a lot. That's a lot. And so I know we were working hard to make a, a godly impression on her. But then the lady came to wait our table. We talked a few moments. I said, well, you're going to have a big Christmas. And she said, ah, probably not this year. She didn't seem to be down or out about anything. She said, nah, probably not this year. I thought, well, maybe she doesn't celebrate Christmas. So I never pushed the issue. And, and uh, I said, well, that's awesome. You're going you're gonna to be traveling any? And just, you know, just small talk. And she says, no. Uh, she said, my husband was in a situation. And he was basically dead when we got him to the hospital. He'd lost all of his blood. And, and uh, he hadn't been up and working in a little while. And I said, oh. I hate that. I said, we'll sure be praying for him. She said, thank you. She said, and then, then my, my little boy has, uh, has had RSV and was very, very sick, and now he's having to stay with some family, so 
company here is good enough to let me pull some doubles. And I said, what does a double look like? And she said, well, come in at 11, I'll work till 3, and then I go home for two hours or something, and come back at 5 and work to close. I'm like, wow. And she said, so I'm, I'm getting to do that like every day of the week. And I said, that is awesome. It's awesome. And, and I, I said it was awesome because I thought, here's this woman. She's young, probably under 30. She's not who we requested to sit by and be, be under her care. But we did get to reach out to that person. But, but, but this lady doesn't even realize it. Deep, you, you, can, you, you know this is tough. She's the only one working. She's trying to pull a double every day. and She just almost lost her husband and, and her baby boy. And You know she's got to be in a tough time, but she walked right up and, and put the, the, the forks and the knives and, and, and our drinks and with a smile on her face. And all of a sudden, Brother Wayne, it hit me. This girl, she don't even realize she's, she's killing it. She's doing it. She's smiling. While the husband's just getting home, recovering from a terrible situation and, and a child still standing with family members because of this particular situation. And I said, oh my God, let me be like that. Too many people are looking for a reason to be lost. Looking for a reason to be hurt. Looking for a reason to make a change. Looking for a reason to have a real complaint. While other people are looking for a reason to make it. Let me tell those of you that's been through sickness and death and financial failure. While hell mocks you. God is making you again. He's making you fresh anew. Somebody hear me right now. While you're watering in your failure. God's got his tools out. And again, I'll spare the names. I'm done. I probably used up my 35 minutes now. Somebody hear me. I'll spare it all for you. A man walked up to me in this church. And he handed me five $100 bills and he said you always run into somebody at Christmas time and I said you know what I don't ever take cash from people take it to somebody he said no 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 no. this ain't about that I'm not worrying about what you do with it I'm not worried about who gets credit for it none of that I just want you to find somebody like we do every year and a blessing to somebody I've tried I've reached out I've helped all the people I know I said okay so I knew in my wallet was something that I never carry that's cash I just, I just don't I just never carry cash just probably should but I don't but Missy and I left we thought about it and prayed about it and said Lord lead us to do the right thing don't ever want to offend anybody the more I thought about it, the more I felt that spirit that said, reachable. Reachable. Show the love of the Lord. Show the goodness of the Lord. Show the kindness of the Lord. You never know 
I'd called around to some families to try to find if there was big needs in the church and we met some needs and and, and others said, no, I, we're all good. Everything's good. And I said, we never want you to go through Christmas. So I made a call. And on the other end, this voice said, I know that person. I know her. They live right by us. And all of the story is true. Pastor, you just came to mind. The first call I made, I said, do you know anybody? Guess who it was? In a section I didn't want to sit, talking to somebody I wasn't planning to talk to, and the first call I made had that name with that story, and I walked right back in there, and I said, hey, from the church, with love and with kindness for you, She just began to cry. She hugged me real, real tight and sent a text back later and said, I'm just standing here crying. I haven't been in church in a long time and I'm getting ready to be and I'll be at your church. Somebody needs to hear me. God is getting ready to make some people again. Come on, let's stand. I know your kids have been holy terrors, but you're still here. I know your family's in trouble, but you're here. I know your marriage has struggled, but you're here. I know your friendships are shaky, but you're here. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. Remember, it's never about us anyway. That's the problem too many times. People think this should be all about me when in fact every one of us are replaceable never get too high on yourself wonder when your opportunity is going to come when, when will it happen for you don't pass up any little things and then the big opportunities will come be faithful with a little bit God will bless you with a lot be faithful to that, to that one relationship and God will bless you with favor abroad. Come on, singers, I'm done. Longer than I planned on being. I just want somebody to take this word when you leave today. Take this word. You are better than the lie. You're not going to fall like the lie says. Your name is not going to be tarnished like the lie says. Your world is not going to collapse like the lie says. You're not going to fall back into your old addiction, your old hookup, and old hangup like the lie says. You're going to keep on walking in the church. You're going to keep lifting up your hands. You're going to keep on praising the King of kings and the Lord of lords and He's going to make you free. Yes. I'm the first one at the altar. I, I, I was talking to Brother, Brother Parker the other day. And I'll, I'll be very quick with this. Keep, my, keep this real quick. And I just told him, I, didn't go in, I won't go into all the details with you, but I, I gave him the gist of it. I said, 
Brother, the two most nervous days of my week, every single week, I wake up Sunday morning feeling sick. Every week. Every week. Every Wednesday by 3 o'clock, I feel sick. It's a fact. I get nervous. An energy starts moving inside of me, and it's just like, man, you ain't got it. You should... You should call somebody to preach tonight. Boy, this would have been a good night to take off right here at the holidays. This would have been, boy, all these folks that are out and sick and working and backslid and ignorant. You should. And it happens every week. And Brother Parker said, that happens to you every week, Pastor? I said, every single week. By three, four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm sick. It's, it's not sick. I'm, I'm not sick. It's inside. It's this, it's this, oh, God, I need you so bad. And it's such a, it's such a deep, you know what? I don't ever want to lose that. Because if I ever get to a point that I'm okay, then I might try to do it my way. I need to need God every single day. I'm done. Is there anybody that'd like to just walk to this altar as they sing us a song, as they praise the Lord in song, you just walk to the altar and say, I refuse, I refuse to die in mental slavery. I refuse to die in the generations that were bound before me.